بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في العالمين جل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف جعلنا اللهم أخرجني من ظلمات الوهن وأكرمني من نور الفهم اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا خضرانا ومنك رحمتك يا أخمد الحمد لله we managed to finish in the first semester unit 2 which is unknowing God and now we start unit 3 which is about anthropology or knowing human beings the unit starts with emphasis on sophistication of human creation. You know that there has been great advancement in science and we have been able to understand many things in the world. Of course, there are still many things that we don't know. We cannot claim that there is even one thing in the world that we know everything about. It. But when it comes to knowing human beings, the difficulty is even more. What we know about maybe animals or insects or non-living materials, is much more than what we know about ourselves and this is not for anything other than human creation being very sophisticated even some people have written books and they have said that man is unknown like Alexis Carroll who has a book about man being unknown so the question is what is special in human beings that makes knowing about human life, human potentials very, very difficult, if not possible? Those who have materialistic view and they want to say we are nothing other than human body, they should answer how then we have become so sophisticated, so complicated. We believe that in human being there is something special and that is human soul or human spirit and that is what makes human beings unique. Although we have some forms of soul even in animals and according to Muslim philosophers even in plants we have some kind of soul which is much more simple but when it comes to human soul, human spirit it's very very significant, very special and inshallah later we mention some Quranic verses about this and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala attributes human soul to himself in a special way although everything is a creation of God as we discussed in Tawid Af'ali but when it comes to human spirit, Allah, to honor human soul, 
attributes it to himself. So, we are trying now in the beginning of Unit 3 to understand what is special, what is unique in human creation. Some empirical evidence and some intellectual <coughs> arguments are put forward in this unit to show that human soul is immaterial. When it comes to empirical evidence, some of them are what maybe everyone can experience, some of them maybe some people have experienced and others have not. For example, it starts with dreams. I think this is something that everyone has experienced. Some people think that they have not had dreams. They think they don't you know, have dreams, but the scientists tell us that everyone has dreams. But the thing is that we forget. If you wake up when you have the dream, or shortly after you had the dream, there's a great chance that you remember. But sometimes, if there is a big gap between the dream that you had and when you wake up, then you think that you had no dream. Uh, but scientists, scientists say, no, people have dream, and actually sometimes what they do, when someone is sleeping and has dream, they can detect this by machines, and then they awake the person, and then the person says, yes, I had the dream. These dreams sometimes are not very special because our mind is just reviewing the images which are stored in our memory. For example, you have been to a place which had trees and another place which had, for example, I don't know, a fountain. Then maybe you have a dream of a place that had both trees and fountain. This is not necessarily indicating that you are going to go to that place. This can be just your mind working and putting together the images which are stored. Sometimes even you may, for example, have dream of very strange beings, you know, strange animals, for example, strange human beings that you have never met, you have never seen. <coughs> but this can be your fantasy, this can be your fabrication of images based on what you had experienced. Of course, even these dreams can be meaningful for the people who are able to interpret. Maybe even from this they can understand something about your situation of the heart. But what we are especially interested in is another type of dreams. <coughs> you know, what we call royai sadeqe, or true dreams. And that is a dream that refers to a reality. Either a reality that is going to happen in future. <coughs> Many times people had dreams about something that had not happened at the time of dream, but later happened. Maybe you yourself have had this experience that a place that you have never been 
a person that you have never met, then you would have a dream about that person or that place. And later, when you actually see that place or that person, you find it exactly as you had in your dream. Or sometime, you know, an incident, maybe a good incident or bad incident is seen in the dream and then it happens. Or sometimes actually you can prevent it because sometimes there are things that you see but it's possible to change it with paying sadaqah or you know, dua and salih rahim. So sometimes even you can stop something. But these are true dreams because there was no way for you to know these things if you were only working with your mental images. Or for example, dream of something that has taken place in another part of the world. For example, you have a dream sometimes of a person who has died in another part of the world. And later, when you receive the news, you realize that this person has died. You knew it through your dream, but people later tell you because they had a phone call or, I don't know, email or whatever. Or sometimes people have dream of the things that have happened in the past, but they were not present. And they find the details as they are recorded in the books. So these dreams are very important. The book refers to a historical dream, which is mentioned in the Bible, in Genesis, and also in the Quran, about the dream of the Pharaoh in the time of Prophet Yusuf It is interesting that sometimes the people who have power, even if they are Pharaoh, or if, in, if they are, you know, some kings, they would have dreams which are very significant. Dream that can affect the life of the nation. It's a very important thing to think about it. It doesn't mean that they were very spiritual people, but because they were somehow affecting lives of many people, so they had some dreams, maybe from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to give them a lesson. For example, this dream that Pharaoh had about seven thin cows eating seven fat cows. Or seven, I don't know, for example, uh, dry ears of wheat and seven uh, nice ears of wheat. If Pharaoh didn't have that dream, then the life of people of Egypt and even neighboring countries would be terrible. But that dream was a lesson for Pharaoh and also a way to bring Pharaoh to Yusuf because he was in need of someone to interpret that dream. But imagine if that dream was not there, how much people could have suffered. So. This story, which is mentioned in the Bible and in the Quran, indicates that Pharaoh had a dream, which was true. But true, not literally. You, 
You were not able to understand this dream and interpret it literally. If you wanted to interpret it literally, you would say, okay, seven cows will eat other seven cows. Doesn't make sense. There is a need for someone with good vision, with a gift from God to interpret. Sometimes you can interpret dreams by reading books, but sometimes it's very, very difficult to understand the connection. Sometimes people interpret the dreams in the way that you could never yourself come to that understanding. Okay, it needs a special uh, gift. So, this is an example in the Quran and Bible, and as I said, everyone has this experience, either himself or herself or the relatives and friends. Another experience is telepathy. Sometimes people who are in two different locations, they communicate with each other. Again, this can happen to some extent to everyone, but sometimes there are people who are very good for this. They have very good way of receiving signals or sending signals. They are very good in telepathy. Something general happens for everyone. For example, you know, sometimes you think of someone and then the person calls you. As if you receive the call faster than the line. Sometimes mothers have especially this connection. All of a sudden, the mother feels, for example, some kind of worries, disturbance, and then realizes that her child at that time had a problem. Because there is a connection between the soul of mother and soul of the child. Actually, it's interesting. Sometimes the connection is not from the other way around. So sometimes mother is suffering and child is next to the mother and doesn't understand. But the mother understands the suffering of child in another place. It's not necessarily mutual. It depends on the soul. So the fact that there is such connection, such understanding, which cannot be explained by materialistic uh, laws and regulations, shows that there is something special in human beings. And as I said, there are people also who have a special uh, you know, talents for this, that even they can think of something like even an image and transfer it to someone else's mind in another place. This is also possible. The other thing is hypnotism. Sometimes we think, this is also amazing, we think we have forgotten things. But it seems that we never forget anything. Something that has been seen or, you know, I don't know, touched or heard is never completely removed from your memory. 
It's always there. But the problem is we cannot recall. You know, like people who have Alzheimer's. In some cases, they are not always the same. Sometimes they meet people and they recognize Sometimes they meet and they don't recognize. For example, even they don't recognize their children. But when they are in good condition, they recognize. Sometimes even they remember details very well. Sometimes not. It's not that memory is you know, erased and then filled and erased and filled. No. The problem is with the connection. How much... It's like, for example, imagine you have an office all the files are put in the archive and locked. Sometimes you have access, sometimes you don't have access. Many times we are not able to recall our memories, but the memory is there. And on the Day of Judgment, you would yourself be enough to bear witness about what you have done in addition to other witnesses which are there. Sometimes when people uh, go for hypnotism or you know when they have dreams, then they are taken back to the memories. That when they were in ordinary situation, when they were awake, they were not able to remember. For a kind of psychotropy, sometimes they take them back they try to realize, for example, this person is always frightened when he's thinking about height. Or, for example, when he's alone. Doesn't know why. But sometimes if you go back, you find there was an incident in the earliest stage of life that caused this. Sometimes even people through this can, you know, be connected to the spirits of other people. You know, there are amazing things here. In the book Self Knowledge, I have mentioned some example about this. That how, for example, Allama uh, Tabataba, his brother, who was himself a great scholar, he was communicating with the souls of the dead people. Sometimes himself, sometimes through a student who was very good in this. And that student who was learning philosophy from him, so he himself was not a very learned person in philosophy, was putting in touch the brother of Allama Tabatabai with the soul of Aristotle and Plato and other philosophers. They were communicating with each other through him and he himself was not understanding. He was just passing on the message, but he was not able to understand. Like, for example, a person who doesn't know a language. So, I say something, for example, I don't know, in Chinese. He just remembers and passes it on. He doesn't understand what was said. So, this communication was happening through this person. And also sometimes independent from this person. I heard uh, this story from Ayatollah Hassan Zade Amoli, who is now himself uh, very old and one of our
great scholars in philosophy, in uh, many, many different fields, even in astronomy, mathematics. So he was a student of both Allama Tabatabai and his brother. Also, he was a student of Imam Khomeini and other scholars, Ayatollah Rafi'i Qazwini, Ayatollah Sha'rani. He, alhamdulillah, attended lessons of many ulama. He said, I heard myself. He said, when I was young, maybe 30, 40, you know, compared to his ages, young. So he said, in summer, I used to go to my own city of Amul. Near Caspian Sea, we have the city of Amul. It's about 20 kilometers to Caspian Sea, northern Tehran. So he said, in summer, I used to go to my own town with my family. Uh, and I used to give lessons, many lessons. So midday, I was going home to have some rest. Also, it was hot, so I needed some rest. One day, my children were playing and making noise, just exactly midday, you know, at the time I wanted to have rest. So I told them, you know, please be quiet. They didn't keep quiet. Again, you know, they disturbed me. So I gave them several times, you know, uh, some kind of uh, request but they didn't keep quiet. Then he said, I was angry with them, and maybe, I don't know exactly, shouted at them, something like that. So he said, after that, I felt a kind of blockage in my heart, a kind of you know darkness in my heart. So I went back and tried to please them. Then I went outside, bought, bought something for them, gave them, but that was not removed. So he decided to go and visit his teacher, brother of Allah Tabatabai. Imagine how much these people are careful about their behavior. You know, they take, take everything seriously. So from Amol, he didn't have car, he didn't have any, anything, you know. He had to take, you know, bus to go to Tehran and from Tehran, I think, to Qom or somewhere else uh, and meet brother of Allah and tell him about this problem. So, he said, when I knocked the door, I finally reached there, I knocked the door and he came. Without me saying what happened. The brother of Allah Tabai said, I was in conversation with our teacher, Ayatollah Sayyid Ali Qazi Tabatabai, who was a teacher of Allah Tabatabai also, a very spiritual man. He had died many years ago, okay, in Najaf. So he said, I had conversation with him and he said, Agaya Hassanzadeh, who has not controlled his anger, how he has aspiration for high positions. So, these are things that are real and happen, but unfortunately we don't see. Our experience of the world is very little. We only see the surface. As the Quran says, يَعْلَمُونَ ظَاهِرًا مِنَ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَهُمْ عَنِ الْآخِرَةِ هُمْ 
strafe du monde. Imagine if someone is just able to see the surface of the ocean and thinks that water is spread yeah, thousands of miles just, for example, one inch of water, not knowing that there is great world under the surface. We don't see what is there, unfortunately. So, there are ways of communication. Sometimes people have it out of their spiritual upliftment. Sometimes some people have it because their soul is especially sensitive. Even may not be religious people. Maybe they are not practicing. You know, some people are very good. For example, have in having dreams. Some people are very good in, you know, telepathy. Sometimes because they are very spiritual. Sometimes no. There is the, you know, something special in the soul. And sometimes also people do something wrong to reach this position, which is also possible. Another experience, empirical experience, which in the last two, three decades has received lots of attention from scientists, is the situation of people who have near-death you know, experiences. The people who were dying, but for some reason didn't die. Or actually, they experienced death to some extent, but they came back. There are many books, many papers about this. And what they report also, of course, sometimes maybe you have to doubt what they say either because maybe they are not honest or maybe they are honest but they are not able to express because it needs a kind of interpretation also but overall what they say is very interesting they don't say that you know for example you are finishing just you know this uh, ceasing to exist they speak even some people speak about how their soul was watching the surgeon and the nurses even some people, you know, said that uh, they were aware of what is happening in their home. They are all reported, and it's a new, actually, area of research. But in addition to this, we have also some intellectual or philosophical arguments. About ten arguments are mentioned, and here the book refers only to two. One is the idea of uniformity of our personality or the fact that our personality is not changed into a new person. You know, everything material goes through changes. Even our body, which may look the same body, is going through changes. Every six years, something like that, all our cells are changed, apart from nervous system. So the cells in nervous system may die, but they are not replaced. But skins, you know, other things, they are all changed. Sometimes people also 
change in different ways, not only because of passage of time, but also because of, for example, you know, a person puts on more weight or a person loses weight. Sometimes a person's hand or feet are, you know, cut off. Sometimes people go through, I don't know, injuries, you know, because of explosion, accident. So there's big change in the person's body. Sometimes people have transplantation. Nowadays they even you know, transplant heart, you know, sometimes they want to transplant you know, even the head. But the understanding of the person, of himself or herself, is the same. You are not talking about a different person. If a person, for example, committed a crime 50 years ago, and now they manage to find him, they bring him to the court, they want to, you know, show justice. They don't say this person is now a different person because his body has changed. They say it's the same person. Or sometimes, you know, we want to give credit and reward people who have done services 40, 50, 60 years ago. Say this person, when he was a young person, he saved the life of people. No one says, no, this is a different person. So although our body changes, sometimes very much, but our understanding of me is the same. Or although our body and everything material is possible to be divided you know we have three dimensions in everything material and you can divide it even if it becomes too small at least in your mind you can still consider division yeah so we say sometimes something actually is possible to be made smaller sometimes we don't have techniques or tools to divide them but still I can Understand that that little, little, little thing is, is still has right side, left side, front, rear, you know. But when it comes to human soul, there is no dimension in the sense that you cannot say right side of me or left side of me. You can say right side of my body, but you cannot say right side of me, left side of me. This is not coming to the soul. Or if God forbid uh, you have an accident and your legs are cut off, your hands are cut off, you don't say, part of me has gone. Me is the same. All my memories, I don't know my uh, good qualities or bad qualities, all are there. Just I have lost part of my body. Like when you lose maybe your dress or your car. The same is when you lose your body. You are not losing part of your reality, part of your identity. So, the argument based on uh, what you can say as constancy or uniformity of the soul and also not being uh, 
subject to division are two arguments which are mentioned in the book. But there are also, as I said, many arguments, ten arguments, uh, at least philosophical arguments. For example, Allama Tabatabai uses the arguments based on knowledge. And he says that knowledge is immaterial and then the soul which has knowledge also has to be immaterial. Because something which is material cannot have immaterial quality. Why knowledge is immaterial? Because you can have knowledge of things which are greater than your body. You can have knowledge of God. You can have knowledge of the galaxies, which is much greater than your brain. Or you have knowledge which is not changeable. Something which you knew 100 years ago, or if you have life of 1000 years, still that knowledge can remain the same. Material things are subject to change. Knowledge of the universal things. In the material world, we don't have universal things. In logic, we divide concepts into universal and particular, kulli and juz'i. Yeah? For example, we have one person here, another person there, another person there. These are particulars. These are instances. But humanity as a universal concept, which can be applied to all human beings. This is something that you cannot find it in the material world. Yeah? Universal concepts are not in the material world. In the material world, everything is particular. So, where is the universal concept of humanity is not in the material world. So when you have knowledge of these things which are not in the material world, then your knowledge also cannot be material. It should be belonging to the same realm, and that is the realm of immaterials. So there are many arguments for that. There are also some Quranic references. Actually, this is not also even Quranic in Christianity, in Judaism, and in many other religions, they all believe in human soul or spirit. It's only some people, you know, some empiricists who deny existence of the soul. Otherwise, religious traditions also normally Unless there is a new religion, you know, which is not a real religion or divine religion. Major religions, they all believe in human soul and spirit. And they invest on cultivating that human spirit. In the Quran, it's very clear. For example, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the death Inshallah, we will have a discussion, uh, more dis detailed discussion about death in the unit about resurrection later, which is the penultimate unit. When Allah talks about death, the idea is that God receives us in the process of dying. Allahu yatawaffal anfusahina mawtaha. God receives the souls at the time of their death. 
it means that we are not really dying it's just our soul departing the body and the material world we are taken by God completely because in Arabic tawaffi means to take or to receive something completely when Allah takes our soul he says he's taking us it means that our reality our identity is formed by our soul and we are completely taken nothing remains what remains is just like a dress our body is like just a dress some people you know unfortunately they think soul is inside body this is a common you know misconception soul is not inside body soul has no space something immaterial cannot be put inside something which is material soul is not like you know for example water that you can put inside for example a container soul relates to body soul has some connection to body but if we were going to say that something is in something else if we had to do this we should have said actually body is in the soul I'm not saying to, to say this but I'm saying if we were supposed to say that there is something in another thing it must be the other way around because soul is much greater than body in the way that we cannot say God is in this world can you say God is in this for example uh, earth or in this planet or in a galaxy or you know in this physical world God is not in this in is confusing God is not inside any place you cannot say God is in this room God is in this town yeah because God has no space yes God is not absent okay God is not absent but he's not inside soul is not absent is not disconnected from body but you cannot say soul is inside body it's not inside body some people you know they said we don't believe in soul because when we take human beings to uh, operation theater and we put knife and you know cut the body and open the body we don't see anything as soul so there's no soul their mistake is that they think soul is something inside body and they are looking for soul as they look for for example kidney or heart soul is not inside soul has no dimension no direction for example my body has front right left top bottom behind but soul doesn't have this so when i am talking to someone face to face okay it's about our body bodily relation otherwise it's not that the soul has face but because our soul connects to this world through our body so the limitations of body affects the soul yeah so when i want to move something 
I move it with my hands. Therefore, I cannot move something which is on the other side of the room. Not because my soul is here and not there, but because my soul is connected to this world through my body. Okay? I cannot see something which is behind my head because my soul is connected to this world through my eyes. Do you understand? It's like a person that reports to you. If you have a person to report to you, he can only report what happens in front of him. Not what happens behind him or what happens in another place. But this is not your limitation, this is the limitation of the one who reports. Maybe there are people who have 1,000 people to report to them, then they can know everything. So, ordinary people, they only know those things that happen in front of their eyes. But there are people whose soul has become so strong that they can even know things that are not happening where their body is. Or they can move things without using their hands and feet. Yeah, some people can move things even from distance. Some people can look at train and stop the train. But ordinary people cannot do this because the soul functions through body. Anyway, the connection between the soul and body is there, but it's not by soul going inside body. It's a mistake. So the Quran says, "Allahu yatawaffal anfusahina mautaha." Allah Subhanahu wa Taala takes completely the souls when they die. Wallati lam tamut fi manamha, and those who don't die, when they sleep, again there is a partial. Departure of the soul, partial, not completely. If it was completely, then the person dies. But even when you sleep, your soul is somehow taken away. In other words, the concern, the connection, the management of the body by soul is reduced. If you are awake, your soul has to run the body, has to manage the body. When you sleep, then your soul has the chance of a little bit relaxing from doing all the things for managing the body. Like for example, when you are going away from your day-to-day -day life for holidays, yeah, you can a little bit relax. Provided that you don't receive too many calls, you know, from home. Otherwise, you cannot relax. So sometimes when you sleep, there are too many distractions. So it means like receiving calls. For example, a person is sleeping, there is lots of noise around him. This person cannot relax. Or there is light. When you sleep, there is light. You cannot relax. Okay? Or when you sleep and you need to go to washroom. You cannot relax. Or your stomach is very full or empty. You cannot. But if everything is, you know, in the nice condition, not noise, not light, not very full in stomach or empty, you don't need to go to washroom, then you can have pleasant rest. Okay? So, 
in the time of sleeping there is chance of soul also departing body but not 100% then Allah says there are people who are supposed not to wake up. Some people go to sleep and they never wake up. They die. So their soul is not released. Allah keeps the soul of those who are supposed to die. But those who are supposed to continue their life, their soul is released. Yourself means it's released till their deadline comes. So if you really know what is a sleeping, then every time you go to sleep, you make sure that you are in good condition. And when you wake up, you have to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because it's like a new birth. Every a sleeping is like dying. And every wake up is like new birth. But because we have done this so many times, so we don't have any fear. The problem with this is we do it once. This is why we are fearful. Otherwise, if you were you know, dying and coming, dying and coming, then you would see that this is not also something that much fearful. You know? Of course, for good people. So, this is our discussion about immateriality of the soul. Inshallah, we will continue our discussion with uh, the theory of evolution. What is the theory of evolution and what is our understanding of human creation?